Hey friends, it's Spencer. We're back with another episode of Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime. And this week he has an update on the Herbert Hopkins situation that we talked about on this week's free show. And he's got another wild-ass UFO story from Maine for us. Enjoy. As you can tell from this week's episode of the What If Podcast, Maine has its fair share of UFO sightings. In fact, it has one of the most famous UFO abduction cases on record, the Allagash abductions. Nomar Slavik has published two books concerning the strange happenings that have occurred over Maine skies. The second, called Otherworldly Encounters, Evidence of UFO Sightings and Abductions, has a curious, if only sad, update regarding the Herbert Hopkins Men in Black encounter. In 2008, the doctor's nephew... Howard Hopkins, wrote a number of blog posts concerning the physician's Men in Black encounter. Howard was one of Maine's famous writers. Granted, not as famous as Stephen King, but he had a wide audience nonetheless. Dr. Herbert Hopkins' story first appeared in the tabloid Star in the mid-1970s, but it was more well-known for being featured in Time Life's Mysteries of the Unknown series. He was a brilliant doctor, as his nephew notes in the posts, but during the time of the Mib encounter, Dr. Hopkins had begun drinking heavily, and he had also had a fascination with 50s horror and sci-fi pulp novels and comics. Quote, My uncle was, unfortunately, a fantasy-prone individual, craved the center of attention and limelight, and on a base level, he sometimes just made things up, no matter how hyperbolic, to top everyone else. As brilliant as he was in many areas, however, he was unskilled at fiction, end quote. For a guy unskilled at fiction, he did a pretty good job on this Men in Black encounter. But I digress. Howard also notes that he would wake in the middle of the night to hear his uncle stumbling up the stairs, cursing his dog's name. Howard believes that the story endured because of Hopkins' reputation as a physician, but that it's not true in the slightest. In regards to the encounter his son had, Howard tells us that John Hopkins and his wife Maureen were apparently swingers, and given the sexual nature of that story, it's likely they spin one of their romps into a story to help bolster his father's claims. John and Maureen had a lot of problems, including excessive drinking and drug abuse, and according to Howard, Maureen shot and killed John in their backyard in Florida after they moved away from Maine. While hypnosis has its faults, I don't think Hopkins' search for glory clouds David Stevens' case. It should be noted that Stevens' parents claimed to see a UFO themselves, and they even had poltergeist-like activity in their home after the abduction had taken place. Seeing as how I don't want to leave you on a sad and tragic note, I will tell you of another tale of Maine's Men in Black, a story from the same book. It comes from the town of Union, Maine, a small mid-coastal town, home to the Maine Blueberry Festival, the Maine Antique Festival, and a well-known fair. It's a place where the Pacific Ocean meets the forests of Maine, and this particular story comes from a woman who goes by the pseudonym Laura Dent. In 1981, she was eight years old, and all she wanted to do was sleep at night. But apparently, aliens had other ideas. The first night, 
It was a bright light that illuminated her bedroom. She pulled herself from bed and approached the window, but when she did, the light faded away. The next morning, she brought it up to her parents, but they told her it was all a dream. Nothing to worry about. Hours after she had gone to sleep that night, the light returned. It grew so bright that her eyes popped open like window shades. This time, when she looked out the window, she could see a light low over the field in her backyard. It was coming from some kind of object, but the light was just too bright to make out the shape. She thought that maybe it was a tractor, but why would it be out in the field this late at night? She wanted to go out there and see what it was, but fear kept that urge at bay. With the aid of daylight, she stepped into the field the next morning to examine where the light had been, and when she did, stepped into a frightening new reality. There was a flattened circle within the hay of neatly laid grass. When her father returned from errands that day, she told him of the bright light, and both of them went out into the field to examine the grass. They found additional circles and rectangles where the grass looked to be neatly pushed down. From their roof, they could see a full-blown crop circle design in the field. When Laura asked him what it could be, her father said it was probably someone just pranking him. His eyes said differently, though. There was a fear in them when he said it, and later that day he mowed down the field entirely, erasing all evidence of it. Days later, Laura's father and mother went out of town. Laura stayed behind. Approximately ten minutes after the parents left, a mysterious vehicle drove onto the property. A frightened Laura watched from underneath a pear tree as a jet-black car pulled up adjacent to the mowed field, and two men exited the vehicle, making for the area where the crop circle had been. They seemed to know exactly where it was, and bent over to collect soil samples in the relative area. The men drove away, and Laura would spend her nights waiting up for the light to return. She was curious now, and three nights later the light would return. It slowly began to illuminate her room, as it had done every time before. She quickly ran to the window, snatched a pair of binoculars, and began to observe the strange light. It faded quickly, revealing a disc-shaped craft, silver in color, with windows all around it. There was a series of multicolored lights that ran around the perimeter of the object, and they changed colors, from red to green to orange, blue and then white. It was then that she noticed shadows moving through the mode field. In her viewfinder, the figures were humanoid, short, gray in color, with bulbous heads and black eyes, essentially your typical gray. Two years later, Laura woke up one morning and found a strange mark in between her pointer and middle fingers in the shape of a triangle. It had never been there before, but when she touched it, she blacked out. While blacked out, she claimed to have spoken telepathically to some kind of being and explained that the mark shouldn't be removed, and if she tried, would find another one somewhere else on her body. As years went by, she came to realize that she was an experiencer, though most of her memories were hidden and remain hidden to this day. 
According to Nomar Slavik's book, Otherworldly Encounters, Evidence of UFO Sightings and Abductions, quote, she remembered her abductors being nice and playful with her when she was younger. But as she got older, she felt they became less accommodating and more devious in nature, end quote. Thus concludes another episode of Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed that, make sure to check out Rob's podcast, Our Strange Skies, wherever you get podcasts. And we will see you next time. <laughs>